Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Before we got started, Randall and I and our special guest this week, David Halperin, were talking about the meaning of the number nine. And I was thinking, of course, of the Beatles' White Album, number nine, you know what I'm talking about, where they kept saying number nine. Revolution number nine, yes. Right, revolution. Of course, we preferred revolution number one or the single, which was much, much better. The version with the fuzz guitar and all that stuff. Anyway. Oh, that's classic. It is, it is. But I think of number nine because of the mystical significance, which you guys can explain, but also because my birthday is September 9th. Oh, wow. I am cursed. Or I could curse, but we're on a family radio. Well, we got started on this because you were saying that you're having hot weather there for the next nine days. And I I just sort of piped in because if you look around in a lot of news articles, and maybe it's one of those things where when you think about it, you just notice it. But for me, it's always had this sort of synchronistic meaning. It goes back to my first band or my last band, I guess, an alternative band. We called it Nine Days. And it's nothing to do with the one that's out there now. We were a local underground alternative group. And what happened is we all got together and met. And within nine days, we were playing live. And it just was such a magical feeling. We started to look it up. And it turns out that it's actually in mythology and religion. It's called a novena, where you pray for something nine days in a row religiously and it's supposed to bring you some sort of uh luck i guess or results i i don't know if it works or not but i i started noticing it's pretty strange david since you're the jewish scholar amongst this crew is there anything in judaism that relates to number nine i am drawing a blank you know another thing that's weird about me Years ago, a couple of people allegedly with some kind of psychic power referred to me as a focal point. A focal point of what? I have no idea. Like the Nexus in Star Trek where Kirk went. Possibly. Oh, yes, yes, of course. Right. That was the Nexus. Right. That was the movie, the last movie that featured Captain Kirk where he dies. That's the spoiler. And of course, handing the mantle over to. Captain Picard. Anyway, Star Trek Generations. David? I went to when you talked about nine was Frank Scully's Behind the Flying Saucers. Okay. From 1950, where I think nine was some sort of an organizing principle of the spacecraft. And at one point, Scully says that he is told that every ninth wave that crashes on the shores of this planet is larger than the other eight. And I remember standing on a beach trying to verify that. You'd think it would be something rather easy to either verify or disprove. But it's so hard to define what a wave is that I came away not knowing what was the ninth wave. The Ninth Wave. I like that. I think I'll I'll make that the name of my next band. I love it. (laughs) That's great. Apropos of nothing, 
since we're talking about early days of UFO field. Yeah. Um. Jim Mosley, of course, published Saucer Smear in his latter days and Saucer News and was on the first episode of the Paracast along with Brad Steiger. Years ago, the original name for Saucer News was Nexus. But huh. he changed it because nobody knew what that meant. Well, Why yeah. did he pick Nexus to begin with? Somebody must have known what it meant. Yeah, he thought of it as a connecting link, trying to bring together information about flying saucers. Sure. I think there was a Nexus magazine. I recall one out there. I mean, it sounds like if there's not, there has to be one somewhere. Well, there's another one or was another one because Jim changed his name so early in the game. Let's get off the number nine. 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 Oh, there was a politician who used the words 999 for one of his idiotic plans. We know who that is. We're not going to mention his name. In any case, he's connected with pizza, by the way. In any case, last week, we had two episodes featuring Kathleen Marden, the abduction investigator, the niece of Betty Hill. We had her on the regular episode of the Paracast, and she was gracious enough to have her dinner very quickly and join us on After the Paracast, which is the Paracast Plus version. But certainly, if anything else, whether you agree with her or not, she puts a very cheery veneer on abductions, don't you think, Randall? She's another one of those really positive people out there. I I like Kathleen just because her approach is so wonderful and just talk to she's got enthusiasm she really believes in her work and uh it's kind of hard to knock someone who goes about it that constructively Uh, that being said uh there there was so much that she would go through uh in a single pass that trying to catch up with it all and break it down unpack it it, it, it was really difficult. So you, you kind of found yourself having to go along with the the agenda, which was is this sort of built-in agenda that MUFON has, that UFOs are interstellar craft, and they're bringing beings, entities, actual biological beings, or more recently, she was saying AI has become all in vogue. That's what we're dealing with. So we're still dealing with nuts and bolts craft from other star systems. And that may be the case, but I think it has to go much deeper than that when it comes to abductions. What do you think, David? I think abductions go back very, very far, that we have experiences described in Hebrew texts from the early centuries of the Christian era that show some resemblances to abductions. So that I think they're like UFOs in general. They're a human phenomenon, something very deeply rooted in the human psyche. Of course, there we're getting into, and maybe this is a really good time to kind of establish a baseline here. So when we're talking about UFOs and ufology, we're talking about some kind of an alien craft. And when when we do that, then your perspective on UFOs has little or nothing to do with the craft themselves, but what they represent on a cultural level, particularly through the lens of mythology, because you're a professor who was teaching this, and uh, that makes perfect sense. So from a ufology 
flowchart perspective that puts it under, say, ufology studies, philosophy, theology, and or mythology, which then wraps around again to ufology culture, completely bypassing any of the elements of sighting investigations, such as field work and scientific lab work. So, just so people know, this is a perfectly valid way of looking at ufology, and ufology is cultural phenomena. But are you saying that UFOs as material craft don't exist? Or yes, are we I just... am saying that. Yes. Okay. okay, now, I mean, I can understand this looking at the whole cultural phenomenon of it because it is really interesting, and I think you make a lot of valid points, but how is it that you can use the cultural side of things to validate an argument that there are no material craft? I don't think that's quite my reasoning. Okay, let's I, let's get that figured out because I don't want people to think that we're just saying there's no such thing as alien craft. It's all in our minds. You know, before we get to that, we got a break in a moment. But David Halpern has fascinating ideas on the subject. And of course, we've talked about other alternatives, such as the ones from Greg Bishop. So we've got a lot more to go with David Halpern. We'll certainly be exploring his theory in more detail that there are UFOs, there are UFO abductions, but they are not being traced to the possibility of physical spacecraft coming from out there. With Gene and Randall, you're in the Paracast. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. Have you heard the warning from the dead doctors don't lie guy? I'm talking about Dr. Joel Wallach. He says if you have a four-inch medical chart, if you take prescription drugs for high cholesterol or high blood pressure, arthritis, joint pains, or other health issues, the medical profession is failing you. They're using you for an ATM machine. That's what he says. He has a free lecture revealing what pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know. There's been groundbreaking research and discoveries on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally. And it's all in his free lecture called Deadly Recipe. You want it free? Call him toll-free at 855-79-YOUNG. You ready? 855-79-YOUNG. Dr. Joel Wallach, the dead doctors don't lie guy says there's no reason why we shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there. 
Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Now, there is Reveal. Beverly Hills celebrity dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman took nearly a decade to develop Reveal from natural botanicals to return to a full-body head of hair. Reveal for men and women with a 30-day money-back guarantee at GCNLife.com or toll-free 844-443-6637. 844-443-6637. Reveal at GCNLife.com. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow, and like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat, I would flip-flop all night long, I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed, it's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So we begin this segment after Randall framed the argument. David, maybe summarize where you stand with ufos and whether you think there's anything physical at all or is it all collective unconscious or something yeah i mean i think randall spoke of it being all in our minds strictly speaking that is my stance but i do not intend that in the slightest as an expression of disparagement that to me as a human phenomenon UFOs take on a meaning and a power that they never had as long as we're seeing them as metallic craft zooming around the sky. To me, the essential question to ask of the UFO, and I speak of it collectively, is not what are UFOs or where do they come from, but what do they mean? that they are vessels of meaning for us humans. And that's where they start being interesting. Oh, there's no question that that you've got some really interesting ideas. And I'm just wanting to make sure that we set the baseline for our discussion here then. So are you a subjective idealist then? Do you not believe that there are independent objective realities beyond our mind? No, I do believe 
That is to say, I am not a subjective idealist. I believe there is a real world out there that's quite apart from our mind. I do not think UFOs are part of that world. They are part of us, which we project into that world, very often stimulated by something we see in that world. A, A star, perhaps, through seen under unusual atmospheric conditions, or even the moon, or some sort of terrestrial aircraft. Whatever it is, it's something that stimulates, that calls forth. I, won't, I don't know if stimulate is quite the word, that calls forth something deep within us. And we project that outward, and we, in quotes, see that in the sky. So what we're looking at then is is a matter of interpretation. So then if we have people like in the Air Force who view them visually, then we have a stimulus response that's very physical, often in combination with something like a radar report or radar return. In some of the more recent cases, we've also got footage from cameras. So we're not dealing with something that is completely uh figment of people's imaginations or wishes or desires or anything symbolic, we are dealing with an objective reality. So you're saying, okay, being not a subjective idealist, you're prepared to say, yes, the reports might involve, and I say might involve because maybe in some cases they don't involve, but they might involve, probably usually involve some sort of objective physical phenomena that causes a stimulus response, and then that in turn is interpreted by our psychology and our worldviews, and this is where it gets really interesting for you. So let's just pick up right there. How's that sound? Well, let's take a very famous UFO witness, John Lennon, the ex-Beatle. Oh, of course. Right, that in August, In August of 1974, he and his girlfriend, May Pang, with whom he was living in a Manhattan penthouse, had a close-up sighting of a UFO. He was at the time separated from his wife, Yoko Ono. His next album, he referred to that. He said that on, I think it was August 23rd, 1974, I saw a UFO, and that this was printed on the album's sleeve. So it appears that this was something of significance to him. Now, he also took photos of the UFO, which he said was very close. It was a standard disc. He said, if I'd had a rock, I could have hit it. The photos, when they were developed, showed nothing, which would lead me naturally to suppose that whatever he and his girlfriend saw, whatever he and May Pang saw, was something that they were projecting out there. Now the story starts getting interesting. Because in every interview that I've read or at times seen on YouTube, where either of the lovers is interviewed about the object they saw, they stress that they were naked. May Pang had come out of the shower, was drying herself off, 
when Lennon called her to come out to the balcony to look at the UFO. He was naked, she says, because he used to hang out in the apartment naked. And so two naked people went to see the UFO. Now, if the UFO was just something that was there, that they happened to be in a position to witness, it baffles me why they both keep stressing their nakedness. But now think, where do we read about a naked human couple confronted in the cool of the day as Lennon and Pang were by a numinous presence? Of course, right? You're go- I mean, are you alluding all the way back to the garden? Absolutely. Right. Now, let me just bring this to the attention. There's a line in a song that John Lennon wrote called Nobody Told Me. Yeah. Right. And the line is, there's UFOs over New York, and I ain't too surprised. He also did a sketch of it, by the way, what he saw. Yes, a very remarkable sketch, which I have to say I don't understand. That it shows a crowd of people totally oblivious, it seems to the UFO above them. And if I recall correctly, the UFO looks like a flying eye. The other thing to mention here, during this period when he was estranged from Yoko, he was engaged in lots and lots of substance abuse. He got drunk with Harry Nilsson, if we remember. He died some years ago, but he did that song, Everybody's Talking, from Midnight Cowboy. Nilsson Smilson. Yeah, he did the point, too, I think. Right. But he was a big drunk, supposedly. Lennon was quite often under some substance. He even met up during this time, apparently, with Paul McCartney. They were estranged for a number of years after the Beatles broke up. And they both got blasted. And they jammed in a studio, allegedly. But nothing was listenable. That's folklore. And we don't want to get into Beatles folklore, but certainly look at the perspective of what someone like John Lennon in his position, forgetting his status as one of the Beatles, what that means, what he might have actually seen. We have David Halperin, and we have Gene Steinberg, and we have J. Randall Murphy. It means you're in the Paracast. for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Fellow patriots, my name is Todd Savage, founder of BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Like you, I was a prisoner of the alt-left sanctuary state until one day I chose to lead my family to freedom. Today we live on a sustainable 20-acre homestead where we shoot, hunt, garden, and homeschool our children without the tyranny of the nanny state looking over us. If you're ready to flee the city to the freedom of Idaho or Montana, our Black Rifle Real Estate team is here to help. Go to BlackRifleRealEstate.com. That's BlackRifleRealEstate.com. 
Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hpextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hpextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. USA Radio News with Tim Berg. Tourists are getting out of the Bahamas ahead of Hurricane Dorian. Ed Fields from Atlantis Paradise Island Resort says while he does not expect to be directly hit by the hurricane, he is concerned for the other islands and says visitors from other islands need to be cleared out. Government of the Bahamas has put any evacuation orders for people in the northern part of Abacoa and parts of Grand Bahama. Midland, Texas police say a mass murder suspect was shot and killed at a Synergy Theater in Odessa, Texas. The information that I have is there is one suspect. Suspect is deceased. Um, multiple injuries uh, to citizens. We also have some law enforcement who has been injured. Odessa Mayor David Turner describing the scene. At least five other people are dead and 20 others wounded. This all started with a traffic stop on Saturday afternoon. And you're listening to USA Radio News. Are you struggling with addiction or alcohol problems? If you're depressed, drinking, and using drugs, you may need help. And the Affordable Care Act guarantees coverage of substance abuse. I knew I could get myself out of this. I just needed some hope and some help. I took the first step to recovery when I made the call. Call the Addiction Hope and Helpline now for a free assessment with someone who cares. Call 800-854-1055. 800-854-1055. I feel like I'm losing control. I'm afraid I'll lose my job or even my family. Call now for hope and help with proven gentle recovery programs. I never thought that I could be somebody who didn't drink and use drugs. I'm in recovery, getting the help I need. Call the Addiction Hope and Helpline now for a free assessment with someone who cares. Call 800-854-1055. 800-854-1055. 800-854-1055. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com. And use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. This is Robert Hastings, author of UFOs and Nukes, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So when we were talking, David Halperin, about the meaning or what 
May Pang and John Lennon saw forgetting the substance issue? Yeah, the substance issue is relevant if you want to argue that they actually saw a flying object. But if you believe, as I do, that what they saw was something that came from inside them, it's of very small importance to me whether it had chemical help emerging or not. Either way, it was their projection. And I will go a step further. Either way, these two very secular people were reenacting a template that had been laid down in a religious text many centuries earlier. And I think that is what happens with UFOs. That's something that is part of our psychological makeup comes out in dramatic form. The God of Genesis appeared in the form of a human being walking in the garden in the cool of evening. The, I won't call it God, but the numinous entity that John Lennon and May Pang encountered took modern technological form. And I think that is what is going on with UFOs in general. Does the fact that Lenin was pretty much an atheist, at least on the surface, did that impact the kind of experience he had? I think very much so. This was in 1974. In 1971, Lenin made the best known of his post-Beatle era songs, Imagine, which starts out, Imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. No hell beneath our feet, above us only sky. This is a sky, a heaven, that's completely stripped of numinosity, of divine force, which Lenin imagined we could do. He imagined that that could be banished, along with religion. Then a few years later, the enchanted sky reasserted itself and told him, buddy, we are, I am not going away that quickly. I mean, of course, before that, they had Lucy in the sky. And uh, you know, that's very psychedelic. Yes, but it was supposedly based on a drawing that Julian Lennon made about his friend Lucy. And there is a real or was a real Lucy the character named in there. So maybe John Lennon was stoned during that period. Maybe not. But the song was not meant to mean LSD. At least that's what they say, those who've analyzed it. Right. And, uh, oh, sure, all the imagery in there. Uh, uh, I'm, uh, you know, there's layers when it comes to the Beatles. Well, just like what you're talking about, David, I mean, this is a really interesting example because Lennon, of course, was a cultural figure. So here we have someone who is very popular in culture reenacting this very archetypical scene for themselves in in a rather ironic way. I mean, and he's also delivering a lot of the same messages that 
as we were talking with Kathleen Martin about, that the UFO contactees were delivering. So Peace, for example, one of his big songs, Give Peace a Chance. I can see what you're saying. They're setting themselves up almost like the Adam and Eve of the new generation of, of culture. But it's, I think quite it's amazing. I think quite unconsciously, I doubt very much if they were at all aware of what they were doing. I think that these, I'll call them archetypes, although that's probably not precise, that these templates have a power of their own that goes beyond the awareness of those who experience them and express them. Definitely, and especially in musicians, uh, you'll hear musicians often say that the songs will come to them in their own way and they might have had something in mind that was completely different than the way they turn out or how other people interpret them and find even deeper meaning in them within the symbolism that they didn't even know about themselves. Remember, too, that when we talk about how songs came to individual songwriters, Paul McCartney mentions songs coming to him in dreams, like Let It Be. Supposedly something his mother said. Mother Mary, that's not the Virgin Mary, that's Mary McCartney, his mother who died when he was young. And she would say, in times of trouble, let it be. So he was thinking of that. The song yesterday, at least the melody, came to him in a dream, and he didn't even believe it at the beginning. It was original. He thought he had heard it somewhere. And now I will ask you a question. You say that it, Mother Mary is not the Virgin Mary, but rather Mary McCartney. Right. Could it be both? I think the symbolism is obvious, definitely. And I mean, they even have the church organ in there. I think it was meant to be symbolic of both, to have that deeper layer of meaning in it. In the matriarchal symbol is a very powerful one, just in and of itself, regardless of who it happens to be about. I'll take a, a jumping off here. I'll jump off here to say that in my my new book on UFOs, which is coming out in the spring, I start out by saying that I don't believe and I don't debunk. And I hope your listeners will understand what I mean by that. No, I do not believe there are UFOs flying around there, up there. But I don't debunk. Because the last thing I think UFOs are is bunk. I think they're myth. Well, this is your, this is your upcoming nonfiction book, uh, Intimate Alien, The Hidden Story of the UFO, to be published on this coming or next March, actually. It's by Stanford University Press. So, yeah, sure. Can you give us a little bit more of an insider's perspective on that? Maybe get some advanced sales here. Huh. How, where do we start? That I start out in the book by telling my own story. That, like Gene, I was, I don't know about you, Randall, but like Gene, I was a teen ufologist and asking what that means, what that meant to me, why UFOs were important to me, why, for example, I became hooked on Gray Barker's They Knew Too Much About Flying Saucers. What was there in that book that spoke to me and convinced me that it was true? And then I moved from there to asking what they mean to other people. What's some of the sightings 
including some uh, at least one very famous one, the Father Gill sighting, meant to people who experienced it, and then from there into abduction. How the abduction myth, as I call it, got its start with Betty and Barney Hill. Kathleen Martin, I would imagine, has spoken a great deal of. And then moving on to how it took on new shapes through Whitley Strieber and Bud Hopkins and John Mack. But how paradoxically, as a myth that's developing in the last decades of the 20th century, it recapitulates experiences that Jewish mystics were having back in the early centuries of the Christian era, rather the way John and May recapitulated what was going on inside the anonymous person who wrote the third chapter of the book of Genesis. Let's do our break here. We got David Halpern with Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. This is George Norrie from Coast to Coast AM and History Channel's Ancient Aliens. We support the amazing energy, nutrition, and skincare products from Jeunesse. Jeunesse products are designed by leading doctors in their field with natural ingredients and even stem cell technology. These products help your body perform and look better. Shop Jeunesse at GCNlife.com or call 1-844-443-6637. GCNlife.com or 844-443-6637. Warning, if you're drowning in debt you can't afford, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to pay it all back, because you don't. 
What the credit card companies don't want you to know is that there's actually a way to get debt-free without paying off your entire debt or going bankrupt. If you have $10,000 or more in credit card debt, you now have the right to let us settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. For free information, call Credit Associates now. 1-800-976-1460. We'll even show you how much money you could save. If you can't afford to pay off all your debt, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to. Call Credit Associates now for free information on how to get debt-free faster than you ever thought possible without debt consolidation or bankruptcy. We depend on your success and offer a guarantee, so there's no risk. For free information, call now. 1-800-976-1460. That's 1-800-976-1460. 1-800-976-1460. Dehebo Tea Club's original pure Powdiarco Super Tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus does not grow on. So it naturally has antifungal, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-infection, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. But maybe more importantly, Dehebo Tea Club's original pure Powdiarco Super Tea builds corpuscles in the blood which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop and cancer happens to die in oxygen. The tea is great for healthy people and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. Dehebo Tea Club's original pure Powdiarco Super Tea is only $34.95 plus shipping. Order now at ShopSuperTea.com or call 818-984-6100. That's ShopSuperTea.com, 818-984-6100, ShopSuperTea.com. This is Leslie Kane, and I'm with the Coalition for Freedom of Information, and you are listening to the Paracast. David, you were relating theories of yours about UFOs. Go on, please. Especially abductions, because of Kathleen's sunny look at that phenomenon, that she believes it's all physical. And what would interest me is why she, as how she believes it's physical and at the same time takes a sunny approach to it. Did she develop that in her conversations with you? Somewhat, yes, uh, because her outlook on life in and in a particular with her work with abductees is that she wants to help them understand their experience. And it's really much, I think, I, th- I think you two have a lot in common that way in that although she looks at it from one perspective and you look at it from another, you're both trying to help people understand the p- types of experiences that they're having. And I think you would probably both agree that the experience is real to the person. So something yes. is happening to the people. It's not like they're just having a normal day and they make it all up in their mind and say, I'm going to believe this today. In their mind, they are really experiencing something. They have them, and they don't understand them. And you're both trying to help us figure it out. I, yeah, I, I cannot imagine how any informed person could deny that UFO abductees are experiencing something. And that it's something that we don't really understand. Now, I would. there's another way in which... Kathleen Marden and I think I think would agree, and that is in our admiration for the extraordinary couple who began 
the UFO abduction tradition, and that is her aunt, Betty Hill, and Betty's husband, Barney. And I think that their being the fountainhead of the tradition is tremendously important, because when I read the abduction that comes out from their hypnotic regressions, what I feel is the trauma of the slave experience, of being abducted in the middle of the night, taken to an alien craft, made victim of intrusive and baffling medical probes. All of this was what we can assume Barney Hill's ancestors endured. And it seems to me that in his hypnotic regressions, though the ancient trauma reemerges and then spreads. But how does Betty take upon that image? Did it spread to her being so powerful? I think partly through her love for Barney and also partly in that her past is intertwined with his. That in great historic crimes like African slavery, like the Holocaust, the perpetrators and the victims are entwined. Are you implying some sort of like a genetic memory? Then, or is this more something that has been imprinted in the background, maybe subconsciously through cultural programming? That is a huge question, especially if we want to put epi before genetic. There does seem to be some evidence that the traumas endured by grandparents or great grandparents have echoes in the lives of their descendants. This is still very controversial. What is not controversial is that uh, the, the trauma, and I'm thinking here primarily of the Holocaust, is transmitted from one generation to another, not usually through straight narration, but through reenactment. Therapists who have worked with the children and grandchildren of Holocaust survivors have been stunned at how the trauma of the grandparents replays itself in the life of the grandchild. Now, I will admit that with Barney Hill and his African ancestors, we have a long more generations to cross, but I think the principle still applies. And I think that is one source of the power of the abduction myth. I think there are others. I think that the myth that sprang from the traumatic memories evoked in Betty and Barney Hill played into something more universal that we can find in ancient Jewish texts. 
Well, this is endlessly fascinating. But I have to ask then, if people are having these experiences, which are real to them, what is the cause? What is the cause of John and, and May having seen the flying saucer that they did? Something was reasserting itself in their psyches. Something seems to have been reasserting itself in the psyches of the people who experienced abductions. Here, Whitley Strieber becomes a very important figure that he creates together with an extremely talented artist, Ted Jacobs, what's become the canonical image of the UFO alien. What stimulated this in Strieber? I don't know. There are clues in his communion, which Strieber himself recognizes that some sort of sexual abuse was involved. Some of his experiences seem like almost explicit descriptions of some sort of se- of, 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 of some sort of unwilled sexual encounters. Well, those happen happened, you know, time and time again. It seems like in within the UFO lore, which is not unlike religious dogma in its own way, and yet I think people are having experiences which requires some sort of stimulus response, and a stimulus response typically requires some sort of objective uh, outside force, like photons hitting a retina, for example. It's very rare that people are just going to spontaneously hallucinate something. So, in the field, people have theorized that uh, maybe these experiences, which seem telepathic in nature, are being implanted in some way directly into our consciousness by an objective, real alien someplace in order to study our behavior and and learn about us in all these fascinating ways that you're talking about, and that that's really the key to what they're doing. It's conceivable, but it seems to me much more economical to suppose that what goes on in the, the I don't know how many cubic inches it is, pretty limited, that's inside my skull and yours, is as mysterious as the depths of the universe. And there are huge numbers of things that we just don't understand about it or at present don't understand. I am not so convinced, actually, that spontaneous hallucinations are so, are so rare. Uh, there was a psychiatrist named Morton Schatzman, who, an American psychiatrist who worked in London, who worked with an American woman who was tormented at first by apparitions of her father who had abused her as a little girl and now had pursued her across the Atlantic to keep on taunting and tormenting her. She would see and feel this apparition as real as any flesh and blood human being. Now, Schatzman did something very interesting at that point. Instead of labeling her, as psychopathological and trying to cure her, 
He said, what if this lady whom he called Ruth, what if Ruth is showing a talent that perhaps is inherent in all of us, but few of us have it so far developed as she does? Let's continue Um, that in our next segment, David. Let's About this talent, it's getting more and more fascinating. David Halpern, Gene, and Randall, you're in. The Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Introducing Reveal from GCNLife.com. Beverly Hills dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman invented Reveal, which contains polypeptides with natural botanicals and no parabens, sulfates, silicones, or dyes for a salon-quality hair growth product, Reveal. Here's Dr. Newman. I have treated a lot of patients who lose their hair and they lose their confidence. We've created a unique set of polypeptides, which we call HPT6. The HPT6 contains the polypeptides from six different plants. The scalp infusion treatment should be used on wet or dry scalp. The Reveal hair care system is designed to be used for men and women alike. Get Reveal at GCNLife.com with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So try Reveal today at GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Plus a discount up to 25% off for Reveal at GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So, David Halpern, what kind of talent are we referring to here? Able to create apparitions that others can't see, that have no objective existence, but that feel real. And what Schatzman tried to do with Ruth is not to get her to stop creating apparitions, but to create nice ones. Get rid of her abusive father, and instead, when her husband goes away on a business trip, create an apparition of him coming into her bedroom in his underwear which he proceeds to remove. And they proceed, she and the apparition, to have blowout sex, which, by the way, is something known in more than one abduction story. So here 
her talent is put to good use rather than bad. All this suggests that there is something within us that is capable of doing what John and May did that August evening. And that what emerges from it may bear important messages for us. Yes, I think you're absolutely right. I think it's all connected. and But of course, I still can't help but think, okay, but how does that explain a large burn circle in the grass or a radar return? You know, it, it's To me, it seems like there is an irresistible connection between some objective reality that's at work either in tandem with it or as a contributing factor, as a source, as a causal factor. Yes. And what you're saying is quite true, which is there are some genuinely baffling cases. Some of them involve radar. I mean, when we were teen ufologists, Gene and I, the, the, the gold standard of a good UFO sighting was a radar visual, right? Where you had a radar blip and then in the same spot, you saw some sort of an unusual right. object. Yeah, they'd send a jet up and an interceptor yeah. to, and then the pilot would see it and lock on with their radar and their aircraft. So in the 52 case, we had not only one radar from the raid ground radar, they had the one on the aircraft as well. And in the 52 case, they also had a second airport with its own. So, so we have three radars, a pilot, and a bunch of ground witnesses, some of them with binoculars. I find it pretty hard to think that this is just a cultural manifestation of Cold War nerves, you know? We're talking about Washington, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, 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 and I will say that is genuinely baffling. But then we've got to take into the, our reckoning the cases where there are radar blips and the pilot goes up and sees nothing. As in Belgium in uh, March of 1990. The, the spate of sightings reported in the New York Times in 2014 and 2015. Initially, the radar blips were unaccompanied by any visual sightings. And according to the news article, they started uh, experiencing them after a new system was installed. So I would be inclined to look there for mechanical glitches. In some of these cases, the radar blip, the object in the radar blip, suddenly takes off at supersonic speeds. Yet nobody experiences a sonic boom. Surely that's evidence that there is no solid object there. Perhaps. We don't know how they work. Or if there is an actual craft involved in these, these sightings, what the cause of the stimulus is that results in people reporting them. We don't have, at least in the public realm, the valid, scientifically valid material evidence to say, okay, this is an alien craft. We're always left with this, these mysterious cases. Some of them are very compelling, and they always point in the direction of exactly the kinds of things that you talk about, David, which is why I think the kind of discussion we're having is really important in the field. Whether we are believers in the existence of physical craft as well or not, because either way, it's pointing in the same direction. 
let's take actually what I regard as probably the single most baffling case in UFO history. And this is April 24th, 1964, Socorro, New Mexico. A patrolman named Lonnie Zamora chasing a speeding car sees an egg-shaped object resting on the ground and small human-like figures in white coveralls standing around it. The object takes off and leaves four markings behind it, three of them in a regular, fairly regular pattern, the fourth outside that pattern, which sounds very, very Jungian, but Jungian archetypes don't dig holes in the ground. So how am I going to explain Socorro, New Mexico? Let me just remind our listeners, Sicaro, New Mexico, as you know, has been a subject of several episodes featuring Ray Stanford and also Kevin D. Randall. But that's the big point there. The trace evidence, as David mentions, how can that be explained? And I'm going to be honest and say, I don't know. Now, there is an obvious answer, which is that Lonnie Zamora dug the holes and faked the whole thing. But that would require that he be a liar and a hoaxer. Whereas everybody who knew him, I think he died about a, two or three years ago, didn't he? That everybody who knew him regarded him as an upright citizen and a, an excellent lawman. So I'm very uncomfortable with the hoax explanation. I can't think of anything better. But then I will flip the question around. If we're being visited by solid craft now for 70 years, is it not odd that in the smallest and full of cases, they leave some sort, only in the smallest handful of cases, do they leave some sort of physical trace of their presence? There's Socorro, there's Delphos, Kansas, there's Transom Provence in France. Those are the three that I can think of. Three out of 70 years, does that really suit the hypothesis that we're being visited from outer space? Well, we should point out here, too, that Ted Phillips, I don't know if he's still with us, he specialized in trace cases, and he had a lot more than that. But you have to look up his information. Yeah. Well, the Zamora case, it's very similar to the lunar lander and so the, this is hector quintanilla from project blue book he was convinced right until the day he left the project that this was some sort of a secret prototype uh, because they, it had a, a rocket propulsion system for one thing and we don't typically see that with most of the ufo reports that we get are usually silent objects that can accelerate quickly without the need of any sort of internal combustion and it was right next to white sands proving grounds so you know it's if we're going to look for a terrestrial explanation i think that's probably the best one is that what it was i i don't know i wasn't there i don't have the evidence but it just seems to fit closer than anything else to me yeah, I guess the problem with that is that we're not we've not been able to discover any any documentation of any such experiments being having taken place. Yeah, well, they do. Yeah, it, there is um, a tradition of destroying molds, plans, 
everything, anything that's top secret, uh, it actually could end up getting completely destroyed and we'd never know anything about it. So it's, it's entirely possible. That almost happened with the flying wing. But uh, some things did manage to get into the National Archives. But the wing itself, the one that they built after World War II, uh, it got completely destroyed. They destroyed all the molds and all the mechanical parts. And we were just lucky to get a film of some of the working craft. We got more to come. David Halperin, Gene Steinberg, J. Randall Murphy, you're in. The Paracast. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Bags under the eyes, crow's feet, fine lines and wrinkles are things adults complain about as they age. Now, there's Instantly Ageless. It works in minutes and is great for men and women. Here's Dr. Sonia Bacha on The Doctors. So this is a product we're going to see if it works. It's called Instantly Ageless. And the idea is that it works very quickly. Is you just need a very small amount. And then you apply it to areas where you might be a little bit puffy. I have just looked at what's in this product. And one of them is something called Argyroline, which is sort of a darling in terms dermatology right now, it's a peptide or a protein that actually relaxes the muscle. It's also called Botox in a bottle. The other active ingredient in this is silicates, which are almost act like a clay. They're minerals, and they're making the skin sort of tighter. It's actually increasing the surface tension on the skin to push that herniated fat pad back. Try Instantly Ageless today at GCNLife.com. That's GCNLife.com. 30-day money-back guarantee and preferred price discount at GCNLife.com. Are you afraid to go to the mailbox because of letter after letter from the IRS? Are they stacking on more and more penalties and interest? By now, you know the problem won't go away on its own. Don't let the IRS chase you to your grave with penalties and interest and liens and levies. You need real help now. I'm Dan Pilla. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I help thousands of people solve tax problems they thought couldn't be solved. I can help you too. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com. danpilla.com. If you owe money to the IRS, you need to hear this. The IRS is cracking down on those who owe back taxes. It starts with a devastating letter. And if you don't act immediately, you could find yourself having your wages garnished or have a lien placed on your property. But there's a solution. Tax 10,000 can help. Avoid enforced compliance, where these holds on your income and seizure of your home could become a nightmare that just won't end. Call 800-239-9957 now and speak to one of our experts. 800-239-9957 is the number to link you directly to a tax resolution specialist who will negotiate with the IRS on your behalf. Working through the IRS Fresh Start program, all the forms will be handled for you. All you have to do is make the toll-free call. 800-239-9957. Find out if you qualify 
and possibly save yourself thousands of dollars, not to mention a lot of headaches. It could be the best call you've made today. That number again, 800-239-9957. This service does not provide tax settlement or legal services. We will refer you to a company that does provide such services. Often the IRS will not agree to any reduction in the amount owed. Not all taxpayers who owe more than $10,000 will qualify for a tax reduction program. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and sling bows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Now, doing some quick online research after talking with David Halpern, I did find some summaries of some of the physical trace cases that Ted Phillips has investigated, it doesn't mean they are anywhere near as compelling as the ones that impress David Halpern so much. But, you know, for further information, let's continue. Okay, David. So, um, again, even if we have these different sightings and whatever the cause is, we're still vectoring in from our, our particular perspectives on what seems to be the final result, the reason why these things seem to happen, what gives them meaning. And I would say it is possible that that is exactly what the aliens are doing. I personally, and I'm I'm unashamed to admit it, I do believe there are alien beings and that Earth is being visited by some objective beings from someplace else i don't know if it's interstellar or transuniversal or what it is but it seems to make a lot of sense to me that the theatrical nature of these experiences is something that incites us to think and to believe and to create our own views of what it means and that alone would be a really interesting study for an advanced race who's looking at how a species relates to different stimuli. And I can go most of the way with you, except without the aliens. That's okay. Because really, what evidence do we have that there are aliens? We can say, fine, we can just take that aspect of ufology and we can set it over here if we want. I can do that. A lot of ufologists can't. They would just go, no, David, sorry, this is a real thing that's going on. But I think that if they do that and they slice out all of the stuff that you're talking about, they're going to really miss something valuable. So talk to us some more about the symbolism. You know, what do the UFOs represent? I keep coming back to death. And here, I am perhaps generalizing from my own experience. And readers of my book will have to make that judgment. I know that when I was a teen ufologist out to solve the mystery, what I called then the flying saucer mystery, 
there was a secret going on in our household, which is that my mother was slowly dying of heart disease. Right, yes. I think you told us about this story last time you were on, but by all means, go ahead and uh, refresh our audience's memories. There were three of us. I was an only child, quite possibly because she was already sick when she bore me, and she had been warned that having one child might kill her, and certainly there was no possibility of another. I could see in front of my eyes, well, no, it was happening in front of my eyes, but I could not see it. I'll take that back. That she was slowly withering, slowly sinking toward her death. It was at about the time when her decline was beginning to become really obvious. That at age 12, going on 13, I took Gray Barker's They Knew Too Much About Flying Saucers out of the library, and I opened it, and I remember a line jumped out at me from it. They died of a peculiar disease. Girls of 20 soon appeared to be old, and I remember thinking, I need to find out what's going on here. Now, in that context, Barker was talking about the shaver mystery, and he was talking about explaining shaver's ideas of the poisonous rays of the sun by talking about how in the 1940s, girls in watch factories who painted radium dials died of this strange disease. But when I saw those words... It resonated you on a very personal level in your life. And so you you injected your own world and meaning into it and an attempt to try to find answers. Yeah, that our skies had been invaded by the ultimate alien, which I believe is death, which is the most alien thing we can imagine, and desperately, I tried to ward it off by solving the UFO mystery. Did you appeal to, like, did there, just to sort of interject here, uh, last week with Kathleen Martin, we were talking about cases of UFOs healing people through prayer, almost prayer. Like she, Kathleen Jean, if I remember correctly, she, was, she advised a person, if they didn't have a belief in God, to try to send out these telepathic messages to the alien beings to heal this person who ended up having some results happen. Actually, well, don't you think it's also true that someone with a very positive attitude will possibly recover from an illness quickly or more quickly? And that might be in terms of having a doctor also with a proper bedside manner, which you find very rare these days to help the patient feel better 
And it is mind over matter, maybe, to some degree. But did you then turn to uh, UFOs as a possible savior then for your mom? Not at all. I imagined them as the invaders. Oh, interesting. I I was convinced that UFOs were hostile. But was I really convinced? Now, what, what, I, what do I mean by that? I remember in the summer of 1963, Donald Menzel's The World of Flying Saucers came, at, came out. And I suppose we should all hiss now and boo <laughs> at the mention of the name Donald Menzel. I think we need skeptics, but so that's okay. Yeah, that, he, so the, 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 that I was certainly a hisser and a boor. I was terrified. Jerry Clark wrote to me that he had seen the book and that Menzel was the most persuasive debunker he'd ever seen. And I thought, would Menzel destroy my belief? And I was frightened. I remember taking the book out of the Levittown Public Library and beginning to read it, shaking. Well, let's stop it right there with the shaking. Okay. We want our listeners not to shake, but just to listen in anticipation to the next segment with David Halper and Gene and Randall, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Mineral Doctor. You've heard me talk about 90 for Life for years. 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 2 fatty acids. You may not know this, that I've actually designed Arthur decks for animals. That's right. Your pets need 90 for Life, too. Get this essential pet product by calling 877-279-9422. That's 877-279-9422. Again, 877-279-9422. Fellow patriots, my name is Todd Savage, founder of BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Like you, I was a prisoner of the alt-left sanctuary state until one day I chose to lead my family to freedom. Today we live on a sustainable 20-acre homestead where we shoot, hunt, garden, and homeschool our children without the tyranny of the nanny state looking over us. If you're ready to flee the city to the freedom of Idaho or Montana, our Black Rifle Real Estate team is here to help. Go to BlackRifleRealEstate.com. That's BlackRifleRealEstate.com. USA Radio News with Tim Berg. Midland, Texas police say a mass murder suspect was shot and killed at a Synergy Theater in Odessa, Texas. The information that I have is there is one suspect. Suspect is deceased. Um, multiple injuries uh, to citizens. We also have some law enforcement who has been injured. Odessa Mayor David Turner describing the scene. Vice President Mike Pence says President Trump is monitoring the situation. The president spoke to the Attorney General. The FBI is already assisting local law enforcement in the investigation going forward. South Carolina is under a state of emergency due to Hurricane Dorian. Governor Henry McMaster issued the order on Saturday activating the state's emergency operations plan after the Category 4 storm shifted to threaten South Carolina. The core of the storm is expected to be near or over portions of the northwestern Bahamas on Sunday. And you're listening to USA Radio News. 
If you're over the age of 50 and considering buying an annuity in the next 60 days, I have some important news for you. Don't buy an annuity until you understand the pros and cons of annuities. A free book to help you maximize your retirement income from television host and three-time author Josh Melberg has been released. This book reveals little-known truths about annuity strategies in simple-to-understand terms. Grab a pen right now because we are about to offer you this free book that unlocks the five little-known secrets we believe baby boomers and seniors should know before buying an annuity. Call 800-985-1813 now and you'll receive a free copy of Josh Milberg's book, Next Gen Annuity Strategies Revealed. As a bonus, we'll also send you a copy of The Number One Mistakes Retirees Are Making With Their Investments Today and a free DVD on how you can get up to 33% more income in retirement. Call 800-985-1813 now. Again, that's 800-985-1813. Employees of J.D. Milberg Financial have the appropriate licenses for the products they offer. Dehebo Tea Club's original pure Pouty Arco Super Tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus does not grow on. So it naturally has antifungal, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-infection, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. But maybe more importantly, Dehebo Tea Club's original pure Pouty Arco Super Tea builds corpuscles in the blood, which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop and cancer happens to die in oxygen. The tea is great for healthy people and can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. Dehebo Tea Club's original Pure Pau de Arco Super Tea is only $34.95 plus shipping. Order now at ShopSuperTea.com or call 818-984-6100. That's ShopSuperTea.com or call 818-984-6100. ShopSuperTea.com. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. Now, this is something you never told me before, David Halpern, that you were literally shaking as you opened the pages to this book from Donald Menzel. Go ahead, please. And now I ask, why was I shaking? Because, look, if I believed UFOs were going to invade us, I could, wouldn't the appropriate response have been relief? Oh, it's not going to happen. They don't exist. I can go back to thinking about other things, like why my mother seems to be getting weaker. Right, which is probably something you didn't really want to do. And having the belief in something greater than the world, whether it was evil or not, gave you a focus that allowed you to not have to face that directly, maybe, I'm guessing. Looking back, to me, myth is the answer to, I won't say to everything, but to most things. And the myth that's the answer to this is Perseus and Medusa. You look at Medusa's face directly, you turn to stone. You look at it in a mirror, and you can cope with it. UFOs were my mirror for death. If Menzel had shattered my mirror, I would have had to look directly into the Gorgon face. Oh, that is a very powerful analogy. I got a dart to the heart there. and I can feel it. I'm so sorry you had to go through that. It still obviously affects you now, today, I think. It does. But the UFOs saved me. 
Well, good. I mean, at least from a cultural perspective, it helped you because coping mechanisms, I mean, even if it takes some time, at least it's something that allowed you to do that in a way. I mean, they were helpful in their own mysterious way, even if it wasn't something that was necessarily landing on your front lawn. Let me just throw something in here, too mentioning hostile UFOs. Of course, we have Dr. David Jacobs, the abduction investigator, who believes, based on his research, which is controversial, of course, that E.T. is here creating a hybrid race that will eventually silently take us over. Well, I don't know. Maybe that would be nice. I'm not sure. (laughs) the way the world is going right now. What do you think, David? Are we looking to them to be our saviors? You already know that what I think that I do that I don't believe it's true, but I believe it certainly has a meaning for David Jacobs, just as the opposite reading of the UFOs, which may be akin to Kathleen Marden's, is what animated John Mack. Well, John Mack, I mean, to be fair, he was a trained psychiatrist who handled his patients with, from what I can tell, not that I have any professional training, but I believe he did. And he said he did it very professionally where he wasn't evoking memories or experiences from people. He was studying them because those people had had the experiences themselves and and, uh, was studying them as a trained professional. I'm not sure that I would go that far as to say that he wasn't evoking them, but I will go so far as to say that he was treating them in a therapeutic manner, which is to say in a way that would increase their ability to cope with their world rather than injure it. I have the most immense respect for John Mack, and one of the things... What's always mentioned when people talk about John Mack and his work with UFO abductions is that before that started, he was best known as having won the Pulitzer Prize for his biography of Lawrence of Arabia. And I don't think anyone has tried to put the two together, but I have. Yeah, right. We talked about that a little bit last uh, episode when we had you on, but let's go through that again. Where's some of the parallels there? I think Mac longed for the what Jung called, and I haven't mentioned Jung's name yet, but he, but he's his spirit is hovering over us as we speak. That what Jung called the unification of the opposites. The last book that Jung published before his death in 1961 was Flying Saucers, a modern myth of things seen in the skies in which he uses myth in exactly the opposite way from Menzel, not as bunk, but as something profoundly true and important. And for him, he asked the question, why are UFOs discs? Why do they take that shape? There doesn't seem to be any particular grounds for this as a space vehicle. And for Jung, it was symbolic that the mandala is a universal archetype of wholeness and the unification of the apparent opposites. Now, what opposites was Mack working with? He was Jewish. He came from a a highly secular Jewish family that completely denied any sort of spirituality. One thing Mack was in quest of was the spirituality of which he'd been starved. But he was also 
very much interested in the reconciliation of Jews and Arabs and bringing those two seemingly irreconcilable enemies into harmony. In Beirut in 1980, he was among the first of a long line of Jewish intellectuals who made peace overtures to Yasser Arafat and paved the way for the 1993 Oslo Accords between Israel and the Palestinians. He carried this on the one hand into his abduction work. In his first book, Abducted, his favorite abductee is an Israeli woman who remembers a former life in which she was an Arab merchant renowned for his justice and benevolence. And he carried it into his choice of a figure to write a biography of. Lawrence of Arabia, T.E. Lawrence, was the godfather of Arab national liberation. He was also an ardent pro-Zionist who poured a lot of his energy into bringing Zionist and Arab leaders together. Imagine a mighty Jewish-Arab confederation that would arise in the Middle East. Nothing came of Lawrence's dreams, as we all know, but he would be the ideal person to fascinate a man with the craving for reconciliation that John Mack had. And if you remember that awful story of how Mack was humiliated by a fake abductee, which I will tell if you want me to, but that awful story, you can see how the pseudo-abductee played on Mack's yearning for reconciliation. This is completely fascinating. And thanks thanks for reviewing that again, because it, the synchronicity, it, it can't be just sheer coincidence. So by all means, sure, let's talk a little bit about the fake abductee, because we know there's got to be those out there as well, right? I don't think there's too many of them. She, for some reason, and I don't know why, I don't know what her motives were, decided to, how would you, to, to fake Fabricate. Abduction experience. Okay. She came up with a story in which she'd been abducted to the same flying saucer in which John F. Kennedy and Nikita Khrushchev were abducted during the Cuban Missile Crisis in October 1962. I have to say Um, this before you go on. In terms of having something that's outrageous, that takes the cake. Go ahead. It's completely ridiculous. And yet Mac, who is certainly one of the most intelligent people of our time, fell for it totally. And when this abductee described, I think she said how Khrushchev sat on her lap and she comforted him. There was hugging all around that Mac became overwhelmingly excited. Let's proceed remembering the work of John Mack and the influences and that fake abductee and all that other stuff. I also want to ask, David, in terms of that, do we see lots of people faking their abductions? Who knows? David, Gene, and Randall, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. 
Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First game, Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. Do you feel like many of us? All the distractions in the world taking our minds and focus off what really needs to get done day to day? Well, Jeunesse has a dietary supplement called Mind to help with mental distraction and it supports memory function. Go to GCNLife.com now to check it out. You're only at your best when your mind is at its best. Go to GCNLife.com or call toll free 844-443-6637. That's GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Message and data rates may apply. Ladies and gentlemen, this may be the last time you ever have to worry about hair loss. Because Bosley is the real deal. They're giving women and men their hair back permanently. They're real hair. All it takes to get started is a single text message. You'll get an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card when you text TITAN11 to 85850. Bosley will show you, for free, how great your hair could look. You'll also see, for free, why you're losing hair and how to get it back. Women and men all over the country trust Bosley because they're America's number one hair restoration expert. Ahead of the curve with the latest technology. And the best part? Bosley has permanent solutions to hair loss. You'll love what they'll do for your hair. So drop what you're doing long enough to send a text. Get your free information kit and gift card for $250 off by texting TITAN11 to 85850. Don't forget, that's T-I-T-A-N-11 to 85850. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with Reputation Defender. What the internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with Reputation Defender. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771. 
for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper, article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with Reputation Defender. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Hi, this is Joshua P. Warren, author of The Poor Man's Paranormal, and you're listening to The Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. David Halpern, let's continue that discussion about John Mack. You asked, do we see people faking their abductions? My own sense is that it's vanishingly rare. But this woman did it, and then she held Mac up to public ridicule, first in an article in Time magazine, which openly made fun of him, called him the man from outer space, and then at a uh, meeting in 1994 of the PSYCOP, the uh, Committee for the Skeptical Inquiry into Claims of the Paranormal, in which they they were invited to speak together. Uh, the organizers conveniently neglected to inform Mac that his so-called his pseudo-abductee would be there, and he came out looking like a total idiot. But that's well, not fair when it comes to Mac. If you read his stuff, it's obvious that he is non-committal about whether or not we're talking about material objective objects, and he's trying to just be non-judgmental and professional with his patients. And so if he, because of your what you described as his affinity for reconciliation, not simply because of his heritage, but just because of his personality, becomes excited at the idea or shows some enthusiasm about some characters in his story reconciling how is it fair to blame him for that it's that just seems mean and unkind to me i think it's very mean and very unkind and very unfair but you can see how it was done that he was held up to ridicule well of course i mean a lot of us have who are believers and it can be very, very frustrating. I've been literally driven to tears by cyber bullies in other forums. I don't see how it's in any way constructive. I mean, you, you yourself, you are not a believer in the physical objective reality of UFOs, but you're doing something really positive and constructive with your work about it. As was Mac. I, I hope I didn't create the wrong impression. I thought what was done to him was awful. I think this woman played on his, on his noblest impulses, induced him to swallow a story that I would say is truly ridiculous, and then made this brilliant man look like a fool for having believed it. And all Mac was able to say was, well, maybe she really did have an abduction experience, but she didn't know it was real. 
which <laughs> sounded ridiculous even to him. That that even uh, just oh. Oh, yeah, that was probably not the right thing to say. Now, from what you say, David, it sounds to me like a put-up job from the skeptics to bring this woman to John Mack to make him look like a fool. I cannot. I'm, I'm, I'm treading very carefully here. I agree with what you say, but I cannot demonstrate it. Of course. But then uh, I don't think Psychop, uh, I don't think Psychop always fought cleanly no that's an understatement that's putting it very uh, diplomatically but i think we're getting away from your essential point though and that's where you were talking about his cultural heritage and how that reflected in his work as an abduction researcher i think that's really interesting now we can look at that and from the uh, from the, there's a the jewish perspective and all of their mythology that involves things that could be interpreted as some sort of um, alien presence. But then look at the other side of the coin. The Nazis also claim to have some sort of uh, connection with these sky beings, these uh, this master race, the blonde-haired, blue-eyed people with their disc-shaped craft. And uh, you, I'm sure you know all about it. How does that fit in with it all then? Okay, I'm going to have to admit, I don't know very much about the Nazi use of UFOs. It's partly, I think, because I simply could not stand to read that stuff. Right, because you are a Jewish um, academic yourself. But, of course, if we're trying to study something more objectively, it it really helps to look at the, the flip side of things. And as much as I've I've had problems with skeptics. I, I kind of have to force myself to read it. And I've found out a lot of things that are good to know and become better educated as a result of it. So uh, it's too bad. I, I wish you'd been, be able to comment on that because there's some real mysticism there that goes into the whole Nazi UFO thing. Um, maybe next time you'll, you'll maybe have a peek at it and can help us out with it because there's a lot there well can you give me some clues because you unlike me you have read it well i've read through it but i don't commit all of this stuff to memory and so i'm not really good at reciting passages all i can say is that i know that they had uh, a mystical or a belief in these mystical beings that were this master race that had the blonde hair and blue eyes and came from uh, another world. And back in those days, they considered it to be somewhere kind of out in space, which they viewed as being kind of like Swiss cheese, not really the kind of space that we know it is today. But there's this whole mythology behind it of these sky beings that come down and declare themselves to be the the master race that they follow and there and this gave them the excuse to go about doing all sorts of nasty things to all of the lesser races type of thing i think there's an important book to be written about that i'm not the one to write it but i i hope you will yeah it might make a really interesting chapter because i think it fits in with the tragedy of of the history of your people and 
it uh i th- i think it there's a there's a key piece there that that you could probably find quite interesting and find a way for it to fit much better than i could um yeah that, but, i mean the mythology of the ufo i mean cuz i'm going to go further than call it ufo a myth i'm going to call it a mythology and the mythology of the ufo is tremendously ramified tremendously complex and it can serve all sorts of different purposes now i would not want to compare george adamski or the american contactees to the nazis but i do think it's significant that they have other planets inhabited by nordic looking beings Right, yeah, there is a similarity there, and uh, we had Nick Redfern on uh, not too long ago, and he is talking about how during the Cold War, Russia actually was using ufology culture as a way to influence culture in the Americas. And then there was some counterculture going on with this, I guess, this, whatever the security agencies were at that time as well. So it, it's pretty interesting stuff. So I you say, I hope anyone who's listening, who has any thought that UFOs are insignificant, I hope they are thinking again that this shows how how widespread and how ramified this mythology is, and how it has influenced our world. Oh, a lot. A lot of to a lot of people, I think it's completely transparent, but it's there in the in the background of our cultural landscape. It's if you, it's almost like that movie They Live. If you take and put on those glasses and have a look, all of it, you can't help but see it. It's there everywhere. Now, I'm going to I'm going to take a step beyond my own expertise into an area that only a few researchers have worked on and that is the african american ufo tradition which is runs parallel to the white american tradition but diverges from it in some interesting ways and here i am way out of my depth way out of my expertise i rely on the research of scholars like michael lieb and stephen finley who have done some pioneering work with this let's talk about that in the next segment of course people say i'm, I'm always out of my league but david gene and randall you're in the paracast <laughs> for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. 
all this stuff, you go to store.thepowercast.com, store.thepowercast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the PowerCast. If you go to store.thepowercast.com, stop by and take a shopping tour. When you have a pain in the neck, a real pain in the neck, back, shoulder, or legs, you now have two convenient choices to get fast relief without taking another pill. Because now, Sunny Bay heating wraps and pillows are available at both Amazon and Walmart. Yes, see Sunny Bay's four and a half to five star customer reviews on Amazon.com or Walmart.com. Our microwavable heat wraps, heatable neck pillows, and extra large body wraps are designed better for perfect support. Support where and when you need it. Even while driving, Sunny Bay wraps will not burn and stay balanced to provide soothing hot or cold therapy to help treat temporary or chronic pain. And the best part, Sunny Bay quality products start at under $20. Join thousands of happy customers and see why Sunny Bay products have a lifetime 100% positive rating on both Amazon and Etsy. It's easy. Click Amazon or Walmart and search today for Sunny Bay. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Warning accepted. David Halpern, go on with that description. That UFOs are crucial to the ideology of the nation of Islam the people that we often call the black Muslims. They are called the mother wheel. The mothership of the UFOs is called the mother wheel. And part of the ideology is that the other planets, like Mars, are inhabited by black people. And that these are the people who pilot the UFOs. And this seems to me, as an inexpert outsider, a mirror of the ideology of Adamski and company, which populates the solar system with Nordic whites. It reminds me of the, uh, the, the recent Black Panther film, where they did this whole cultural uh, superhero thing with, with it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, it's, on one hand, it's re- received some rave reviews, on, and on the other, it's been highly criticized as, as uh, almost reinforcing the sort of racist mis- stereotypes. So I, I'm not sure I know which way to go with it. I've seen the film. I just found it kind of entertaining, but it kind of it really reminds me of that a lot. And there, there is a wonderful book, I don't know if either of you have read it, called From Motherland to Mothership by two African-American women who are twins. And one of them has what in the white tradition is called abduction experiences. 
but in the African-American tradition, these are entirely positive experiences. The examination table in which all sorts of unpleasant things are done to abductees becomes a bed in which the woman who's been abducted, who's been elevated, reunites with her estranged husband. And she describes visiting Mars, but Mars is a majority black planet, but there is a white minority. And unlike on this sorry Earth, the two get along very, very well. And she calls out to the reader, let us walk hand in hand into this new reality. And I keep thinking the, of the, that this echoes the line from We Shall Overcome, that we'll walk hand in hand someday. And then you've got the whole reconciliations team going in there again. Yes. And you, you've even got the world will live together as one with John Lennon. It's, I mean, these themes seem to pop up over and over again within ufology as a theme that the aliens or whatever the experience is, the cause of the experience, is inspiring in us. Maybe that's a good word, where they're instilling in us. If we think there's an objective reality, it's, maybe they're socially engineering us. Well, I, once again, that, that defines the difference between you and me. It kind of adds up to be very much the same, though. I mean, we're, we're, if we were to s- distill it all down into two words, it sounds like social engineering. Or perhaps social dreaming. Dreams about how the UFOs can make our world, our world view, a, a better one. It's interesting how different cultures, too, uh, if we're going to be looking at how this um, plays into religion or the analogies between it, when we see in different cultures that uh, there is a, there's a black Jesus, there's a, 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 you know, a Central American Jesus, it seems like very much a parallel there, then. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, the, the, these, uh, the twins who wrote this abduction memoir, one of them speaks of how she joined an abductee support group, which was entirely white, and that this was the place where she felt most accepted. And I think Kathleen Martin, I saw it on her website, speaks of how there was only one place in the early 1960s where Betty and Barney Hill could be treated on equal terms as a couple, and that was on the, the flying saucer. And yet, if we go back into, and this is an area where you are going to have much more expertise than me, if we do go back into the history of things, though, it seems that if we're going to equate um, God, like the Judeo-Christian God, with uh, an alien of some kind, like this, the whole, say, the von Daniken uh, uh, ancient aliens type of thing, what we see there is a being that is taking sides 
there is a specific culture that it supports and uh, actively goes to war with the Egyptians. I mean, in one case, killing all the firstborn of, of the Egyptians. I mean, this is uh, in not necessarily the type of God that is all loving and all kind and bringing everyone together and reconciling. It's like, you know, you listen or else. I think that all these aspects appear within religion as a whole and particularly within the religious manifestation that I see ufology and UFOs as being. I mean, at one point, Marsha, Randall, you spoke of, I think, a religious dogma. And I agree that UFOs are fundamentally religious. I don't think I would use the word dogma about them, though. I would I, yeah. instead use myth. Well, I call it UFO lore. You know, the, the yeah. UFO lore is a lot like re- religious dogma. It, or we could collectively just say it's kind of all mythology, and yet there seems to be still at the core of all of this certain kinds of experiences that people are having that lead them to believe and to set up these worldviews and their and their own paradigms so we have to ask what are those experiences and you will notice that in my retelling the story of john and may i glided over one tremendously important problem which is why did the two of them, how was it that the two of them seem to have witnessed the same thing? Yeah, right, especially if it wasn't really visible to the camera. But then again, cameras, and, and even back in those days, unless you had a really good one and a long exposure, you're not going to get to see too much. I think this was at night, if I recall correctly. It went down the East River and made a turn at the united nations building which is symbolic and uh, (laughs) you know oh i had forgotten that point yeah so i mean really interesting stuff for sure i mean this whole social engineering theme seems to be coming back no matter what way we look at it whether as mythology or as religion or as a ufo movement or a cultural movement and we even have uh the first nations people is what we call them up here than the native north americans they have their own mythology the thunderbird and the beings from the sirius star system that sort of thing it seems to be ubiquitous no matter what culture there's something there that fit before we go on let me remind you that we have the paracast plus where you get a version of this show enhanced audio free of the network ads and also the After the Paracast podcast, where you never know what's going to happen next. And sometimes we don't either. How about that? Let's get into the cultural stuff that Randall's talking about in our next segment with David Halperin. Gene and Randall, you're in. The Paracast. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. 
But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Do you own a timeshare? Well, you probably now realize it wasn't a good idea and the financial strain it's putting on you and your family has you stressed and you probably think there's no way out. This is Steve Sanchez, and you know I've been an advocate for hardworking Americans just like you for 27 years, and there's a way out of this financial nightmare, and my friends at Wesley Financial, the leading timeshare cancellations company in the country, can help you cancel your timeshare guaranteed. Being lied to, misled, and pressured into buying a timeshare doesn't have to be your story, but freedom of being out of it can be. I have a special free information kit that will give you the step-by-step process that Wesley Financial uses to get you out of your timeshare guaranteed. Call 1-800-501-6100. That's 1-800-501-6100 or visit stevesanchez.info. You don't have to have the financial nightmare of a timeshare any longer. Wesley Financial can help you get out guaranteed. Call 1-800-501-6100. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon you'll need a plan and place to survive. Forget bunkers. You're not a live underground gopher. You need survivalist camps. The ultimate fully functional off the grid mobile survival bug out house that's well equipped and custom built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Bold statement? You bet. See them now at survivalistcamps.com. That's survivalistcamps.com. Trust your family's survival to survivalistcamps.com. Hey, Bugsy, you hear the news about Vinny? Yeah, it's a real shame he owed money to the IRS and they finally cut up with him. Just like Al Capone. If the IRS can get to Capone, imagine what they can do to little old Vinny, huh? Poor cat, he was on top of the world, that bada-boom, bada-bing. What Vinny needs now is an offer he can't refuse. Hey, you got a tax problem? Does the IRS claim you owe them a bunch of dough? They can get you too. So call the tax relief line now and learn if you qualify to negotiate your $10,000 plus IRS tax debt for up to a 75% savings. Don't be like Al or Vinny and get busted. Make this free call now. Learn how you may be able to pay the IRS less. Call now. 800-590-4930. 800-590-4930-800-590-4930-800-590-4930-800-590-4930-800-590-4930-800-590-4930-800-590-4930-800-590-4930-800-590-4930-800-590-4930-800-590-4930-800-590-4930-800-590-4930-800-590-4930-800-
We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So, Randall, you want to continue that comment before David responds? Well, I think David could pick it up there because really, I'm, I'm, I'm just a generalist. I'm not a specialist. And I'd really actually like to hear you talk more about what this really means for you. The key parts, and let's go in as deep into it as you want, David. I think I started out with, or not this evening, but, but in my book, I start out with the story of what it meant to me. And then I have to say, well, am I just seeing it, projecting it into other people's experiences. But the more I studied the UFO mythology, the more it seen, the more death emerged as a theme. It seems to me expressed in what is the best known of all the UFO myths, and that is Roswell which is fundamentally about death. Yeah, crashed saucer, alien bodies. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, I remember writing uh, about 10 years ago for a, as a, for a guest blog that the ancient Greeks believed the gods were immortal. The ufologists know better. Right, but, uh, you know, and it's interesting because when we start talking about death, we can also look at death as a new beginning, and Roswell really was a new beginning for ufology. That was the, basically the beginning of the modern era back in 1947. So with the death of yes. the mythology of the gods comes the new mythology of the aliens. With the reservation that Roswell went through a latency period. That is, there were 30 years in which no one ever heard of Roswell. Wow, that's really interesting because that's sort of what happened with Christianity. It kind of all went away and then was reinvented some number of years later. That is really fascinating in its own way. It almost has to percolate or work its way into the background of the culture somehow, and then it reemerges as this very powerful force. You see it in other aspects of the mythology. You see it with the abductions. Betty and Barney Hill became real, I won't say household words, but certainly famous in 1966 with the publication of Curtis Fuller's articles about them. But for the next really 20 years, UFO abductions didn't take off. There were other reported abductions, but not the thousands that they blossomed into. Then in the late 80s, the 90s, UFO abduction became a cultural theme that was so well known that comic strips that made that parodied it and made fun of it could count on people getting the joke. The men in black. Barker, Barker published his They Knew Too Much in 1956. It was 40 years later that the men in black made it to Hollywood. Well, first of all, it had become a graphic comic book. And remember also, John Keel 
talked up the men in black. But when it comes to Gray Barker, David, I, of course, we've got to wonder. I knew Barker. I'm sure you did as well. Gray could sometimes exaggerate things or give more prominence to stories that otherwise wouldn't merit attention. He wanted to create this mysterious, paranoid atmosphere in his publications and later books. So I always wonder here, yes, there was an Albert K. Bender. Yes, he did talk about freeing men in black, but he also claimed it was about a contact experience, not three government agents. But Barker, you know, just amplified that in his presentation. I mean, Barker is, is just an incredibly fascinating character. I mean, surely you've seen Bob Wilkinson's documentary about the Shades of Grey. I have. And of course, like I said, I did know Barker and we exchanged a lot of correspondence, met him a few times. Yes, he was fascinating. One of the most interesting works he wrote was The Silver Bridge, kind of allegorical treatment of the Mothman episode. Very different from John Keel's Mothman prophecies. Well, Keel himself said about Barker that up until 1959, I think that was the date Keel gave, that he was serious. But afterwards, he became a hoaxer. And you would never know, could never know what to believe. Mosley, I think, I I imagine Mosley knew him better than anyone, Jim Mosley. Mosley was struck that Barker believed that Bender really had discovered something and was silenced by three men. And I've seen correspondence in that wonderful resource, the Gray Barker Collection in Clarksburg, West Virginia. I've seen correspondence that seemed to me that better bear that out, that Barker really did believe the stuff he was writing and they knew too much. Well, Jim Mosley confirmed that to me. We talked about Barker a lot, that after that, I guess after he had that book come out, they knew too much about flying saucers. He became disenchanted with everything. Remember also that Jim and Gray pulled lots and lots of stunts. Yes. After imbibing too many six-packs. Now, did it seem to you that it was after They Knew Too Much came out or after Bender's book? The Flying Saucers and the Three Men. No, it was before. It goes to the late 50s. Remember the Straith letter and all that stuff. So it it started in the late 50s, proceeded to the 60s. And as far as Flying Saucers and the Three Men is concerned, I remember attending a lecture in New York City where Jim Mosley had this lecture series every month. And I listened to Bender tell the story that was recited in the book. The book was heavily edited by Barker. If you knew his writing style, you see what I mean. But I assume that the story was basically Bender's because he talked about it. And I don't know what to think. Was this something real or did he write this book as fiction because he wanted to get people off his back? I do know that there, in the Barker, Barker collection, there is a letter from 1954 from Bender to August Roberts saying that when I do write a book, it won't be about anything 
as nonsensical as the saucers. Believe me. It may also be in that sense that Gray Barker was disenchanted. Maybe he believed in saucers. Maybe he didn't. We certainly know that Jim Mosley believed in it. First, he even believed in his Earth theory that they were secret weapons. He definitely had a belief system. With Barker, you can never tell one way or the other. Maybe he was having fun, trying to make a living, whatever. There was probably a basic belief, but the rest, who knows? David Halpern, Gene and Randall, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Fellow patriots, my name is Todd Savage, founder of BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Like you, I was a prisoner of the alt-left sanctuary state until one day I chose to lead my family to freedom. Today we live on a sustainable 20-acre homestead where we shoot, hunt, garden, and homeschool our children without the tyranny of the nanny state looking over us. If you're ready to flee the city to the freedom of Idaho or Montana, our Black Rifle Real Estate team is here to help. Go to BlackRifleRealEstate.com. That's BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. USA Radio News with Chris Barnes. Hurricane Dorian still a Category 4 storm and expected to hit the Bahamas by this evening. And then, well, here's the latest forecast from Edward Rappaport at the National Hurricane Center. After passing through the northwestern Bahamas, we forecast that the center will be turning towards the northwest and in the north just off the Florida east coast, but close enough that those tropical storm force winds will likely impinge on the Florida east coast. And so we do have tropical storm watches now in effect for Palm Beach County up through the Treasure Coast. Depending on where the turn occurs, we'll be seeing tropical storm to perhaps hurricane conditions farther north as well as we get into early next week, then potentially into Georgia, South Carolina, and North Carolina. South Carolina Governor Henry McMaster declaring a state of emergency for his state last night because of Dorian. This is USA Radio News. Hey, travelers, do you want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call. That's right, call, because the best prices are not online. They're with SmartFares. See, SmartFares has special deals with the airlines. When they have unsold seats, they use SmartFares to fill them. So you get airline tickets at ridiculously low prices. Our prices are too low to publish online. With the extra money you'll save, you can book another trip or treat yourself to dinner or shopping. So stop searching all of those travel sites to find the lowest price on your next flight. Let one of our SmartFares expert travel agents find ridiculously low prices for you. Call SmartFares today and get the best price on your next flight. Guaranteed. Also, save up to 50% off business and first-class tickets. 800-871-3291. 800-871-3291. Again, that's 800-871-3291. 
Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with Reputation Defender. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with Reputation Defender. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper, article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with Reputation Defender. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Hi, it's Grant Cameron from PresidentialUFO.com. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Of course, the three men in black didn't begin or end with Gray Barker or Albert K. Bender, and certainly John Keel brought up lots of cases, too. So it's an ongoing thing, or was. As far as the men in black, I think if we continue the history... It became a graphic comic book. And the graphic comic book is what the movies are based on. Go ahead. Well, something else I was just thinking while you guys were talking is that, uh, you know how you were saying, David, that the shape, the saucer shape is, it mirrors a mandala. It also mirrors a shield. And if you look in uh, some of the ancient uh, citing cases you have them described as flying shields and so yes, this is by do. this is by you know the the military of the time and then in egypt it's described as a disc and compared with the disc of the sun or the disc of the moon but they were actually talking about something separate from the sun in some cases so it it seems that the phenomena mirrors the worldview of the experiencer and we're, we've found this with Brian Bonner as well, right, Gene, where we were talking about how he goes out and if he's with a group of ghost hunters, well, they all interpret it as it's a ghost. Or if they're Bigfoot hunters, you know, Bigfoot is an animal. But if you're out with ufologists, well, maybe it's an alien creature. So this idea that the phenomenon mirrors the worldview of the experiencer seems to be uh, something that's quite common. Well, certainly their interpretations would. but what is uh, interests me more is where what they see mirrors it as with the airship of 1897 right yeah that's exactly what i'm i'm talking about it's it seems to the phenomena itself whatever it is now okay maybe it's a craft that's got some sort of high-tech cloaking device that can change its appearance you know allows it to change its appearance to reflect back to the observer what they want it to so as to create a certain type of stimulus to then study the behavior so you know if we can see through that well then suddenly we're no longer just sort of like the lab rats we're going hey i'm looking up out of the glass now i'm i'm not just following these little trails of food that are left 
to see where so that you can watch where I go. I think I'm being manipulated now by something external. Now, of course, you don't believe that you think it's all us, but I don't know. There's way too many cases out there that just for any, I think, any reasonable person to think it's all just coming from inside our, our brain. So let's walk together as far as we can. And where our roads must part, follow them to the end. I like where they meet, because I think that you're really on to something. Like whether we have separate views on the, on the objective reality of the phenomenon or not, I think that the work you're doing and the stuff that you're describing could be very valuable. Like maybe, okay, a person could argue that you're just looking at it through your particular worldview as a religious studies scholar, just like a ghost hunter looks at it through, well, their belief in afterlives. Or maybe a person who's into science looks at it as some sort of a spaceship. Yeah, you see what I'm saying there? But we can't be too quick to write off any of those because together, all of those experiences add up to be a really interesting study in what the phenomena is doing to our culture. What do you do? You have any thoughts about the most recent developments? That is what to me is the most extraordinary thing that the New York Times is now unabashedly pro UFO. Wow, that's been a real shift, hasn't it? Yeah, talk to us about that, David. Fantastic. I mean, I, there, that seemed to me there was some hints of it even before 2017. But at the end of 2017, when the Times ran a piece on the Pentagon's supposedly secret program that was co-authored by Helene Cooper, uh, Ralph Blumenthal, and Leslie Kane, then I thought something is happening here that boggles the mind. I mean, Leslie Kane is a tremendously well-known UFO author who had no connection with the New York Times, and yet she's given a byline. What well, is it, going on here? I, well, maybe, Gene, you can give us your opinion on that, too. But I think maybe people like Bassett are partly right that we're reaching a sort of critical mass in society where we're able to accept the idea that we are not alone in the universe, that there is some sort of an alien presence here uh, that's influencing us in some way, shape, or form. Even if we don't know what it is, everybody's still interpreting it oh, according to their own worldview, but something is really going on. I don't think people can deny it anymore. Now, up until that article came out, I was convinced that Leslie Kane had more or less given up on UFOs. She wrote a book on psychic phenomena. We had her on the show. And then this thing came out of the blue. And obviously, it was spearheaded to a great extent by the Two of the Stars Academy and everything else. So we wonder what that is about. But it does give the impression here that there's an official government effort to convey the impression that we are going to learn a lot more about UFOs. 
but these are about solid UFOs. And what is the motive here? That can start a whole discussion. If it's not, it's not what it's pretended to be or it's perceived to be, what is it? I mean, I am looking now. I just pulled it out of my, uh, my file drawer. The Week magazine of June 14th, 2019, the cover story is taking UFOs seriously. Why the Pentagon is urging pilots to report their close encounters. And there is a painting show on the cover showing a jet piloted by a single, uh, single man. And then above him, there is a disc piloted by two small green men with faces like the standard one on Whitley Strieber's communion. One of the, apparently they're friendly, one of them is smiling and waving. And then lower, <laughs> equally in the sky, is baby Trump wearing a diaper. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Why? That is fabulous. There is no, the, the, the story inside, I didn't write down the page not where, it, where, where it is, is UFOs, why the military isn't scoffing anymore, in which every comment is at least mildly sympathetic to ufology. Uh, no explanation of what baby Trump has to do with the rest of the picture. <laughs> it just makes it better. That's all. <laughs> Whatever but the case why? is. That's the question. <laughs> well, you know, really, though, the New York Times article must be fake news. The failing New York Times and the Amazon Washington Post taking it seriously. How could we believe that? Yeah, the, I mean, the Washington Post runs a uh, an op-ed complaining UFOs aren't taken seriously enough. And I, I begin to there. There's a Yiddish word, Mashiach, like Messiah times. That when I was a teenage ufologist, this would have been Mashiach. Like yes. the Washington Post and the New York Times standing yeah. up for UFOs. As they say, who could have thunk it? It's who a new world out there. Let's talk about that in our final segment. We're talking to David Halperin, and he's a scholar, so he knows his stuff about Judaic studies. I can't even begin to approach that. I can't even speak Hebrew anymore, but don't get me started on that. With Gene, David, and Randall, you're in The Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host.
First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. Hey everyone, Proactive MD has an incredible offer for our radio listeners only. Stay tuned for our exclusive offer that includes a free charcoal pore cleansing brush and free shipping. Proactive MD with prescription strength adapalene can heal and prevent future breakouts. Today, for just $19.95, we're offering listeners the three-piece Proactive MD system with free shipping, plus a free gift, the new charcoal pore cleansing brush. Get this exclusive offer by calling now, 1-800-583-8662, or go to Proactive.com and enter promo code radio you heard right proactive md plus free shipping and a free gift the new charcoal pore cleansing brush you'll get all this for just $19.95 and their 60-day money-back guarantee you're guaranteed to get clear and stay clear or you get your money back call now 1-800-583-8662 that's 1-800-583-8662 or go to proactive.com and enter promo code radio again go to proactive.com and enter promo code radio jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. And the IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how'd it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. (laughs) I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes... Take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now. 800-503-8625. 800 503 8625 800 503 8625 This is Jacques Vallée. You're listening to the podcast, The Gold Standard of Paranormal Radio. David Halpern, don't talk to me about that. My son Grayson forgot his Hebrew very shortly after his bar mitzvah. Today it's 
English, Spanish, Portuguese, a little bit of French. Oh, well, let's get on with this here. So this, what appears to be almost a gradual attempt at disclosure, if they're seriously expecting physical UFOs, physical spaceships or something, where does that stand, David Halpern, in relation to your theory? Okay, I do not believe it's disclosure. And I still disbelieve in the physical UFOs. Okay, and I want to avoid any political partisanship here. I think you can love Trump, you can hate him. But I think most people will accept that there was a seismic change in the American psyche with the 2016 election. And I think when seismic changes happen, UFOs are very likely to somehow manifest. It is not accidental that it is the failing New York Times and the Washington Post that are beating the drums for UFOs. Basically, the New York Times is not failing, by the way. It's digital sales are up. It's yes, succeeding. I should have put scare, scare quotes around. Or, or, for example, the Amazon Washington Post, because Jeff Bezos runs that as a separate company. So we can put quotes there as well. Okay, so what are they doing? If it's not real disclosure, are they trying to, to divert our attention from something else? I don't think they're trying to do anything. I think something, as in John Lennon's psyche, that August evening, in which the atheists discovered that the enchanted heavens are real and will return, I think something is forcing its way out. And I don't know what it is. Oh, that's this, fair to me, is the UFO mystery. It is not a mystery of space beings or other planets. It is a mystery of people like you and me, like John Lennon, like Gray Barker, like Richard Shaver, who all are manifesting something very important that, to me, is part of the phenomenon of religion. Or whatever your belief system happens to be, because, again, the phenomena appears to mirror the worldview of the experiencer. So we're looking at this case with the Nimitz encounters, for example, the one that we're talking about. And what it's doing is it's mirroring a military exercise. It's taking part in a military exercise. And then what happens is we've got the, the program that's dedicated to it. It's the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. So it's playing right into this idea, again, that the phenomenon is mirroring the worldview of the experiencer. You've got a jet pilot that takes off from an aircraft carrier, vectored towards an object by radar, locks on with his, and sees it visually, too. So it's pretty hard to say that there's not some objective reality there, or that people are just conjuring this up and manifesting it in some psychic sense somehow. There's something going on that is objectively real, and yet it's still doing the same thing. That is mirroring us. It is. And something else uh, this reminds me of, too, when we were talking about how in the ancient days we had, if we were to think of these 
alien beings as gods, taking sides in different wars, then we come all the way forward. And one of the sci-fi shows that Gene likes to mention every once in a while is The Day the Earth Stood Still. Well, what do we have there? We have the shining uh, alien being coming down, warning us about world peace. And if we don't listen, the robot is going to step in and clean it all up for us just like the judeo-christian god is going to do in the apocalypse yeah i would find it very hard to accept von deniken's formulation that what we call gods are extraterrestrials whom our ancestors just didn't recognize i would rather say the gods of their myths and the ets of our myths spring from the same source and i will say the same human source and acknowledge that you would see it differently i see both sides and i see the value in what you're talking about too because as a scholar in ancient religious studies you are trying to get right into the mindset or the worldview of the people at the time and i think that you're absolutely right if we just sort of go with the von Daniken view of ancient aliens. And by the way, everyone out there who's into ancient aliens should also go and check out Ancient Aliens Debunked on YouTube. It's, it's fabulous. It's the other side of the story. But I think we're really missing something important about ancient cultures if we just map the whole von Daniken thing on it. Yeah. What, what should we be doing? We're getting towards the end of the show. So are you doing any talks? We know. Tell us again about your new book coming out and just sort of sum up your, your most important points and what you think that we should be doing. UFOs are not real, nor are they bunk. They are myth, which has a powerful reality that goes beyond the physical. They are a religious phenomenon, not, as debunkers like to say, a religious cult, but rather an authentic religious experience for those who encounter them, and an authentic religious myth for those who haven't. Thank you for coming on the show, David. It's been a wonderful discussion. Please tell our listeners where they can find more of your stuff. I blog on UFOs and religion at www.davidhalperin.net. And my book, Intimate Alien, The Hidden Story of the UFO, is scheduled to appear from Stanford University Press the third week of March. And who I don't know who did the cover, but he or she is a genius. Is the cover illustration available anywhere for us to see? I will be sending it out with my email newsletter on Tuesday. Okay, we're talking here about the 3rd of September, the day after Labor Day. The show is being done on Thursday, August 29th for airing on the 1st of September. You can find us on Twitter if you look for The Paracast. 
Look for the Paracast on Twitter. Also look for two Facebook sections, fan clubs, communities, groups, whatever Facebook calls them. I can't keep up with the Facebook stuff. We go on there because we want our listeners to be informed. But I think if I could find a better way of doing it, I am not sanguine about Facebook. We also have another radio show called After the Paracast, and it's available only if you subscribe to the Paracast Plus. It's a special feature. We offer continuations of an existing episode, and the guest is agreeing to stay with us for a bit longer. We also feature William Puckett, who's a retired atmospheric scientist who worked with the EPA. And the EPA is getting trashed these days, but he's not experiencing it since he retired. But he covers UFOs, and he provides a really, really smart analysis of these cases. He brings to us a lot of fascinating ones. He explains some away. He's brought some photos. Fascinating. That's one of the main, main features of After the Paracast each and every week. And once again, the only way to get that show is to become a subscriber to the Paracast Plus. Go to plus.theparacast.com, plus.theparacast.com to sign up. And we give you all the information there on becoming a member. We also offer an enhanced version of this show that's free of the network ads. David Halpern, my friend, thank you for joining us on the Paracast. Thank you so much for having Featuring Gene Steinberg is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in the Paracast. <laughs>